is uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. Uh, again, fourth choice, fourth choice host with the most. I should be able to say that by now, as it's been seven weeks. Uh, joined by Abdullah and Jesse to look at Chelsea's two 0 win uh, against Leicester, but. We have a special guest, our first guest on this show format. Uh, Hannah, welcome. You're the co-chair of the Leicester Women's Supporters Group and the host of Beyond the 90 LFC, LCFC Women's Podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I, I don't know about special guests, but I'll take it. I'll take guests even. <laughs> special to us. Okay. Special I love that. You guys are, you're already kind of mooching off of me after just beating us. I love this. <laughs> Well, we're going to get into it. I mean, this was this was not the match that I think a lot of, of Chelsea fans had anticipated. Uh, certainly, I don't think we would have anticipated it. So uh, we're going to cover off on a few things in today's uh, in today's episode. Uh, the fact that Chelsea left it pretty late uh, against Leicester. Uh, it took goals from Pernilla Harder and, and Frank Kirby to seal the win. Um, Leicester were resolute in their defending. So that was that was difficult. Uh, we looked at the eight changes made from the Champions League midweek game, um, and you know there wasn't a whole lot happening in that first half, so some more changes were made. And then, uh, as as I believe uh, Jesse has put in here, corners FC. Uh, that's that's what Chelsea was today, <laughs> and we'll talk about why that is the case. But first, uh, we have to get into a really cool. A uh, bit of recognition for one of our own, Jesse. Would you like to take the floor? Yeah, so the WSL have launched a Hall of Fame. And of course, no Hall of Fame for the WSL would be complete without Emma Hayes. Um, so she got inducted this week. Clap, clap, cheers for absolute legends. Um, kind of fitting that today was a hundredth win in the in the WSL. Um, so yeah, she's she's gone in there with, I think they've got Farrah Williams... And Rachel Yankee and Kelly Smith. So so they're the, the first four. So yeah, and Emma Hayes is, is the manager to go in. You know you're a GOAT when you're in a Hall of Fame and you're not remotely done doing the thing <laughs> that you're in the Hall of Fame for. Yeah, everyone else That's, is retired and she's yeah. like, I'm still going. I have a, 100 years left to doing this. It's going to be great. Um, and then, look, Abdullah, at the same point, uh, while, while Emma Hayes is winning... Hundreds of awards every year. We we do have some recognition for uh, for some of our own players in the in the Ballon d'Or uh, noms this year. Yeah, I mean they just recently got announced, uh, you know, over the weekend, and um, you know Chelsea have the most nominees from from any single club, you know, in in in, in the game right now. So Sam Kerr, Magdalena Eriksson, Penilla Harder, Fran Kirby, and uh, or Jesse Fleming have all been nominated. You know, and we've seen some big names in that list. So it's no mean feat for these five to be able to get in there. And it just kind of shows the season that Chelsea have had, you know, in the last, uh, you know, last 12 to 18 months. And, and, and Jesse Fleming's largely coming after, you know, a heroic Olympics uh, gold medal winning performance. Uh, but I mean, all five worthy, worthy candidates. Uh, do you have any early reads, Abdullah, on who who might take home the the award for Ballon d'Or? You know, it, it it's 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 gonna be a t- I think it's a tough one, but I realistic. I mean, Alexia from Barcelona has to be the 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 favorite, right? I mean, she's had the season of her life. She's continued that form into this season, and um, while uh, you can make a case for a couple of the Chelsea players, I just Alexia deserves it. I think she's she's had an incredible season. Fair enough. There there's no <laughs> nothing wrong with that if you. <laughs> win the Champions League, you should get a little bit of a 
a nod. Hopefully that <laughs> happens with N'Golo Conte on the men's side, and we can put all this Here's hoping. player of player of the season nonsense to to bed. <laughs> um, all right, before we get into it, we're going to take a quick ad break, but reminder that we cover this team every week. Uh, you should come and join us and have some fun with it. Uh, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find the show, and the more that we do, the better coverage we can give the the women's team. And then if you are interested in a dynamic, interesting community of Chelsea women's supporters, our Patreon is the place to be. Our discord was on fire this morning asking where the goals were. And we'll talk about that in a second, but we will be right back. Okay. We're getting into it guys. We took a a really early ad break because there's a lot to talk about. We're getting into the three word match reviews. Uh, I will quickly run through them and we will all uh, do ours after the fact. This is, you know, for Hannah, kind of a fun thing that we do at the beginning of every show. Uh, from Tireless Coco, work to do. Fair enough. Dean Mears, uh, host of the Went to Mo King's Meadow show, uh, which is also good. Go listen to that. Uh, left it late. True. Uh, Joanne with Jesse the World. Sure. And that's just about our own Jesse. That's not even about Jesse Fleming. So that's really nice. And then a handful from Discord here, which are typically bringing the heat from Ghana Zagina. Harder stabs through, uh, which is an accurate description of her goal. Uh, Craig with damn good bench. Techie Tiger with nearly outfoxed, which I like. I think that's probably my favorite of the of the bunch. Uh, and then from Motor Mount, keeping it 100. Yeah, we are. Okay, Abdullah, you're in. What do you got? I think chance to impress. I mean, the number of changes that Chelsea have had in the in the game. I think it was eight to nine changes from from the Champions League game, and I think it was it was an opportunity for a lot of the fringe players to kind of come in and kind of stake their claim and kind of you know discuss and kind of just kind of see whether they should be you know in the conversation for being part of the um, the best eleven. And I think some some of them took took gave their chances no harm. I think some of them didn't perform as well as they did. Obviously, we'll get into that later. But yeah, that's pretty much my uh, my, my three word match review. Jesse, mine is put off lunch. This is quite specific to me. I realise, but I <laughs> maybe went in with a bit of a arrogant attitude to this game thinking you know Chelsea will have it done dusted by half time I'll have lunch during the second half just enjoy what's going on maybe see the two o'clock kickoffs no instead I was there trying to eat at 75 minutes my stomach was churning I couldn't do it an absolute nightmare see the whole lunch thing we just got to coordinate that better I think is the (laughs) is the lesson of the day uh, I went with no off days. I mean, there were times last season where where Chelsea could cruise through a match like this and and win four 0 relatively easily. It's clear that the league is far more competitive this year, and that you know, a subpar performance for Chelsea won't necessarily get them over the line. So I think that is that's my three word match review. Hannah from the Leicester side, give us three words to sum up the match. Mm-hmm. Three words. So I was sitting here trying to think of my answer, and all I could come up with is defensive masterclass, but master and class as two separate words because I can, for some reason, I'm blanking so hard. <laughs> Either that or did not expect that whatsoever from a lesser perspective. You know, I did not think that we would keep you guys out for about 83 minutes, but we did. And that's, I have to give it to Lester. It was just, it was really crazy. It was really good watch for us. Well, let's, let's dive in. How about that? Uh, we are, Talking about the Leicester City match review, it happened on Sunday, October 10th in the Women's Super League at Kings Meadow. Chelsea 2, Leicester City 0. Goals from Pernilla Harder on the 83rd minute and Frank Kirby on the 90th plus 4 minute in stoppage time. 
Uh, Jesse, you want to run through the lineup and all those changes that happened? Yeah, it was really all all change uh, at Kings Meadow today. So we um, Anne Katrenberger got a rest. Uh, Musevich mm. came in, uh, and Anik Nauer also got her first WSL start, replacing Jess Carter. Um, but you know Emma wanting to stick with some experience at the back kept uh, Millie and Magda alongside her. And then uh, our favourite, Jessie Fleming, she came in for her first WSL start. You know, Chelsea um, are flexing when you have to get a Ballon d'Or nomination before you even can start <laughs> for the squad. Um, uh, she was um, she was playing kind of in the Penila Harder role, I guess. Um, I've gone the wrong way around here because Google has put it in a funny formation. But she was kind yeah. of playing up front uh, with Fran and then Beth England replacing Sam Kerr. We had Neve Charles playing at right wing back, Jonna Anderson coming in at left wing back, and then Sophie Ingle and Drew Spence in the middle. Although it quickly went all change at half time. Um, Emma had enough of whatever was going on in that first half. So Penila and Sam came on after 45 minutes. And then basically by the end of the game, we'd reverted to what I guess you would say is is now our favoured starting eleven. So Guru Ryson came on, uh, Aaron Cuthbert came on, GC Young came on. Yeah, there was the, enough of that nonsense was kind of the attitude at halftime, it looked like. Um, some quick stats for you. 22 shots to Leicester's three, nine on target to Leicester's nil, uh, 71% possession, 508 passes, 80% pass accuracy. All of that stuff is is kind of where it was. But it was it was hard work, Abdullah. I mean, the, the XG is is pretty dead on here, but um, maybe talk about the, the corners as a, a product of that. I mean, if you, I mean, talk about corners and then not having the uh, you know the finishing to go with it. Um, you know, you, when, you, when you've got the likes of now in Brighton and Ericsson there, you know, you got some tall players who you should be taking advantage of um, in the box. And when you have sixteen corners, and no side has had more in the WSL this season, so you'd expect at least um, a goal out of sixteen corners. You know, but. It is what it is, but it's crazy. I mean, I think set pieces has become such an important part of the game more recently. And we've seen, you know, other teams other than the top sides really use that to their advantage. And I think now, especially for top sides against teams that are going to sit in a low block and who are really going to sit and defend deep, I think this has got to be a potent weapon that you've got to use. And if Chelsea having 16 corners in a game... I realistically think with the players that are there, they should, and both in terms of the delivery quality and in terms of the people who can, who can, who can, uh, who are in the box, I think I think there should be a better better result. But you know, one point nine four xG is no joke. That's that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much on par with eventually what they what they scored. So you know, but like we said, they left it late. Uh, I'll pass it back to Jesse here for an Opta Joe uh, stat around the number fifty six. Yeah, so this is, there was a point where, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, this this will stay at 55. But no, we managed to get it to 56. Chelsea have scored in each of their last 56 WSL games going back to October 2018. And uh, this is now longer than the Premier League record, which was uh, 55 from Arsenal between May 2001 Whoa. and November 2002. So there we go. How about that? And to, to round it out... 17. Sam Kerr and Frank Kirby have now combined for 17 goals uh, in the FAWSL, the joint most of any duo alongside Arsenal's uh, Miedema and Mead. Uh, in just 23 league games together, Kirby has assisted Kerr 10 times and Kerr has assisted Kirby 7 times. Synthesis. 
which is a really good ending word there. Um, that's that's insane, uh, is what that is. So well done to to both of them. Uh, so we're going to talk about the kind of the trouble that we ran into. And, and of course, Hannah's here to give the, the Lester perspective. So, Hannah, I'm going to pass the ball to you here. Uh, what was your overall feeling heading into the game? And how do you think your team uh, performed against uh, kind of a, a switched up or a changed up Chelsea team? Well, going into this, I, I mean, I think everyone's scared of Chelsea. You're one of the best teams in Europe. So... Of course, you're going to go unscared. And we're just little Lester who just came up from the championship and who just got smacked by City 6-0. So going into this, we're kind of like, what can we expect? And we are coming off of a 2-0 loss against Spurs where we saw a lot of improvements. And of course, you know, you're wanting to cling on to that improvement. Like we're looking, we looked better despite the fact that we lost. We, we looked better. We're trying to, we're finally starting to figure things out. And to have Chelsea right after that, you're like, I'm scared we're going to fall back under the water kind of. But today was the best we have performed all season, despite the fact that we lost. Defensively, we were phenomenal. Um, I think it's been a bit difficult because we've seen Jonathan Morgan playing a three at the back at the start of the season that was not working. And then today he brought that four, four, two back. And we were all like, yes, <laughs> thank God. Cause three at the back was just not working. So I think today we have to owe pretty much everything to our defenders and our goalkeeper as well. Chrissy Lavelle, insane player, insane performance. You know, she's been outstanding the entire season, despite the fact that we've conceded so many goals She's kept us in basically every single game. And today she did it once again. So I think a lot of us were kind of surprised, but at the same time, we saw the improvement against Spurs and we're seeing it against you guys now. So I think it's only up from here for us, fingers crossed. But it was really refreshing to see that performance today from us. Jesse, do you do you echo any of those sentiments? Yeah, I was like really impressed. You know, I've kind of, felt this season that it's kind of been a surprise how much Leicester have struggled given the the kind of quality that I think is within the squad um I feel like they've maybe been caught out like defensively as Hannah's kind of touched on uh today it was just like kind of watching a different team I mean yeah Kirstie Lavelle's been amazing I watched the Spurs game last week and she was just bailing out Leicester again and again for so much of that game but I think what was great today from a Leicester perspective was how it it didn't feel like she was bailing them out it just felt like a whole team effort and you know I thought Ashley Plumptree was amazing I thought George Broom had a really good game um so yeah I'm excited for for Leicester because I like the side and I can say that because we won in the end um (laughs) so I can say it was impressive because it also doesn't matter um but yeah it it was it was a great game and you know there aren't very many teams who I was trying to figure out the last side who had maybe held Chelsea for that long I think maybe it would have been the Arsenal game last year where we drew 1-1 and Harder had that kind of deflected shot from Wubamoy so you know um, that's a lot for Leicester to take forward I think so let's dive into it a little bit because I think maybe where where this leads is is the attacking trio at the beginning and then you know what we finished with we we did not take our chances early and i guess a dual pass the ball to you to is this a troubling emerging theme of this season so far for you that that chelsea's not burying it as early as as we're expecting 
I think I think a little bit, yeah, because you know, I, I think I think you hinted at this earlier. You know, this is a game where probably maybe last season Chelsea would have walked it four 0 in the first half, and it would have been done and dusted, and we all be going home at sixty minutes. But it seems as if, and this is a, this is a testament to every side that has um, you know that, that has improved in, in the league as a whole. Everyone's getting better, so it's not becoming a walk in the park for a lot of these teams. You have to be exceptional to be able to get those those big score lines. Um, and but I think you know it's it's but the, the the quality of chances that the front three are getting, regardless of who's starting is actually incredible and the fact that they're not able to finish I think is a little bit of a worrying sign I mean just we'll, we'll touch on this later but the Wolfsburg game was a classic example of take your chances that team is 5-0 up you know early and then the game's safe whereas they come away with a point Panilla Harder wins it in the last minute again here just so many times where they weren't able to really either it was down to brilliant goalkeeping brilliant defending but then when they did get their chance shot on goal Keeper saves it. They just some of those chances they need to bury it early, and I, I have a I have a feeling and I have a fear that down the line it, it could be anybody. It could be a Reading. It could be an Arsenal. It could be a Manchester City. If Chelsea don't put those chances away early that they get, you know, teams are going to punish this defense and the way it's going right now, and and you know there'll be no way back. And if if you're going to end up with a Barcelona like situation again. It's again going to be a very, very difficult task to come back, and maybe if you're three 0 down at forty five minutes to come back, you're not going to get a Wolfsburg every week, you know, in terms of that comeback. So uh, you can we can hope so, but I think it's it's there, and I think um, I mean just to put on Leicester as well, I think their four four two worked perfectly. That low block um, was great. But what I especially liked was their aggressive off the, aggressiveness off the ball. I think I really felt like they were pressing at the right times, really closing down the spaces, and um, you know, and I think Chelsea just had to keep finding a way through. Well, yeah, I'll pass it over to Hannah. I mean, fr- from a pressing perspective and, and playing off the ball, is that the kind of effort that you're expecting from your team, or, or did you see something a little different today? Well, I mean, the pressing, I I didn't really expect against a Chelsea side. Um, but, I mean, we did kind of park a bit which I did expect against the Chelsea side. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, like the press that we were kind of offering off the ball a bit, it's a bit unfortunate that we weren't able to feed things up to Flint and Saintsworth as much as we were able to, or we could have, but like I keep saying, you guys are an incredibly difficult side. So I think the way that they were playing today was what we were to have expected against Chelsea. I was not expecting um, it to go as well as it did. I hope that doesn't sound bad, but, you know, just kind of coming off of the results that we've been coming off of and with how consistent Chelsea is, I found it a bit surprising that we were kind of able to pick out your little weak spots and kind of expose you in certain areas and take advantage of those little spots. And like Abdullah was mentioning, you know, you guys kind of sat back and you took so long to score. And I know beforehand, like I didn't realize how many Chelsea people I followed (laughs) until today. And um, all of them were basically saying like, oh, this is, is going to be easy. It's Leicester, a really weak city side, just beat them 6-0. So this should be a walk in, a park, in the park, no problem. And then at about halftime, seeing how surprised all the Chelsea fans were. But I was just kind of sitting there like, yeah, mm, yeah, you know, like this is Leicester. <laughs> we're here. But um, yeah, it was a bit surprising kind of with the press that they had on the ball. But the defending did not surprise me whatsoever. Like I said before, unfortunately, we weren't able to get anything in the net, but you guys are a really hard side. So, 
Yeah, let's talk about the rotation, Jesse, because you know we're getting into the point of the year where Chelsea are going to be playing midweek and at the weekend, right? Which will force Emma to make more changes than she has, you know, up to this point in the season, right? So, can you maybe talk about you know of, of the the changes that she did make, who impressed you, and maybe who needed to do more today? Yeah, I think there were kind of two standout players of the two came in. I thought. Um, Anique Nauer and Jesse Fleming were both really good. And perhaps that's kind of what we should expect because they're both kind of players who we maybe feel haven't got as much game time as they should have. Mm. Whereas some of those other players who are starting today, you know, kind of like Jordana Anderson. I, I know some people seem to think she had a good game. I I mean, I thought you saw when Guru Ryson came on just how much more Guru Ryson was able to get out that left-hand side. I think that shows you everything you need to know about how well Anderson actually played. Um but yeah, Nua obviously coming in for her first WSL start. I thought, you know, she had one wobbly moment where she got into an argument with uh, Musovic. Um, but I think, you know, that's, you know, standard if you're coming into new defence. But her passing range was just exceptional. I thought she offered so much, whether she was, you know, switching the ball out to Anderson or Fleming, whether she was playing passes directly through. And I also thought, you know, the bits of defensive work she had to do, she she broadly did very well. You know, there were there was a point where Millie Bright kind of got caught out. I don't know if, it, I think it was maybe by Tash Flint or something. And, and, you know, she was very quickly across to cover. So I thought it was a great game for her. And then Fleming equally... Um, yeah, it was quite interesting. She obviously, yeah, started in kind of hardest position. I think that maybe tells us why we haven't seen so much of her. I think clearly Hayes maybe sees her more as a harder deputy than than what we've talked about in the past, seeing her as a kind of midfielder. But um, Nick, I know you kind of said on, on WhatsApp that you felt like she was a lot more comfortable when she kind of came into that midfield, which she did when Harder came on in the second half. I, yeah, I thought so. It, it kind of struck me as weird because in previous seasons, I mean, Spence will come in and kind of play up front, play in a 10, press a little bit, you know, get get a, a goal at the end of the game, right? And it just seemed odd that she was deployed kind of in a deeper role, kind of collecting the ball from the midfield three when uh, when Nauer can, can press the ball out. Um, who had excellent long-range passing today, I will say. Uh, so I, yeah, I found it a little weird, but then in the second half, the pace of play sped up, which is it, it was noticeable, not only because of the crazy talent that you're able to bring on uh, at halftime, but also just the way that the team was moving the ball around was a lot better. And so that is, um, that was kind of where I was viewing it. I don't know, Abdullah, if that made sense to you, but it's, she looked a little bit more comfortable in midfield to me. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I think in midfield, she's got a little bit more time to um, make decisions, right? Like the, the game is in front of her, whereas if she's playing in a, like a number 10 role, whether it's off the left or right, it's a little bit more about um, quick decisions, interplay, a lot of that. Whereas in the deeper deeper role in midfield, you can kind of control the tempo a little bit more. You dictate, dictate the dictate that's the correct way yeah. dictate the pace of the game and the tempo of the game and you know really be able to bring in the wide players and kind of just you know show the team where the, where they have to play and i think in that area especially for a young player to kind of build on a on her decision making and just kind of being comfortable in this team and if she's going to get a run i think that would be the the best place especially against um you know, especially against teams that are going to be harder to break break down than maybe, you know, maybe. And then, you know, it also gives her the license to be able to push up because, again, teams are going to be sitting deep. You can push up and play almost like as a fourth number 10 if if required. 
Hannah, I'd be really intrigued to know what you kind of thought about some of the players who we don't see as much, because I know as kind of Chelsea fans, we all end up with like our little biases over who we think should be playing and maybe isn't getting the game time. So I'd be really intrigued to see what you thought. About Chelsea players? Yeah, some of the players we don't see as much. I mean, I'm going to be biased here. I'm Canadian and I feel like you guys don't play Jesse Fleming enough and you finally did today. It's unfortunate that she stood out against Leicester. But like I said, I'm happy because I'm Canadian. She's Canadian, so I can't complain about how well she did today. But um, I definitely think that her performance today really shows that you guys need to be using her more often. Like you said, today was her first start in the WSL, I believe. I never realized that. And this season, I think. Yeah, this season. There you go. And that shocked me because she's just a player that I would expect to see so often. I mean, I don't follow you guys a ton. I'm, I mean, you guys are so successful and stuff. <laughs> so I see everything that comes up about you guys. But um, yeah, I don't keep up with results frequently, but she's definitely a player or if not that player that I'd expect to see far more often. And I think after today, I 100% hope that she is a consistent player for you guys. Let's transition to a couple of the other changes, because I think obviously you're able to bring on Kerr and uh, Pernilla Harder. That makes a lot of difference up top and kind of changed the way that we were playing up there. Uh, unlucky not to get a couple of goals early in the second half, but then uh, I think Jesse, you made note of G So Yun and you know, I think Girl Wrighton. So maybe uh, you take G and I'll pass the ball to Abdullah for, for Girl Wrighton. Yeah, I G really just, just stood out to me today because I felt like when she came on, the quality of everything on the pitch just seemed to go to another level. It was almost like she was prompting everyone else to reach the level she was at. The passing that she was seeing, it felt like when G came on, like space opened up within Leicester and I don't know like maybe Hannah's got something to add on this as well but like part of me was like is this Leicester tiring but for me it just felt like she was seeing space that other players hadn't noticed and then other people were being able to make the runs and it felt like only then did we start to like really pull that Leicester defense apart a bit more which I think is you know something that you know with the ridiculous number of corners it kind of like summed up like Leicester held their shape incredibly well and Chelsea weren't winning those first balls in the box and Leicester were happy to just kind of do that and it wasn't until G was there that it felt like yeah we kind of started to unlock that defense a bit more. Hannah do you agree with that? Yeah I definitely think that G was able to kind of open things up and kind of expose us a bit I mean your bench was terrifying the subs that you brought on I was (laughs) like you don't need to do this (laughs) like just take it easy but um you mentioned uh Jesse mustn't being tired and stuff and I think that at the point that G had come on I don't think we had made any changes yet and we were kind of seeing Sigsworth getting kind of battered around a bit and a few players that were just kind of taking some hits and you could tell they were kind of slowing down a little. So I definitely think that could be a factor, but I just mostly think it's, she's an insane player and she was able to kind of pick those spots to figure things out. Uh, Abdullah thoughts on girl, right. when she came on and, and as Jesse was saying, maybe the difference between her uh, match and, and John Anderson. So girl, right. is just, I think she's having the best season of her, uh, I think so far of her Chelsea career, I think she's every time she's she's come on or she's played or she started, it's it's from literally the minute she touches the ball, it's 
there you can see the impact already. And I think as soon as she came on, we just saw a huge difference in the way Chelsea were attacking down that left-hand side. I think I think within the first 30 seconds of Wrighton coming on, if I'm not wrong, there was already a run down the byline and a cross into the box. Whereas I think with Anderson, it was a lot more measured. It was a lot more... I don't want to say slower, but in comparison to Wrighton, it was just there was just not enough pace, not enough tempo, and especially when you're and I, and I keep repeating this, you're coming up against a team that wants to sit back and really defend uh, doggedly and ruggedly. It's you need someone to really play quicker in that final third. And I think as soon as Wrighton came on, she made the run, she got into space, and it kind of allowed the rest of the team to kind of play her in. And I think. You know, we've seen the season that Chelsea have really used that left-hand side very effectively more than they have on the right. And whether that's an over-reliance, whether that's a, a specific ploy, I don't know. Time will tell. But I think Guru Wrighton has just, you know, kind of transformed herself on this left-hand side. And I think she's become another option to break teams down and, and really put in some quality uh, quality crosses and, and, and just kind of and at the same time we've seen her get into the box and score goals so it's not like it's all about down the byline and cross in she can get in the box and play those one twos and, and really cause a lot of problems and I, I really feel like she was the start of the positive movement towards that first goal uh, to get you know uh, after she came on all right and let's talk uh, finally about Anique Noor, uh because I think Jesse this was a, you know a different a type of player to be deployed in the in the middle of the back three. Obviously, just Carter getting a, a deserved break uh, from the action. So, just wanted your thoughts on her. Obviously, there are some stats here that that can back up your thoughts as well. Yeah. So these are just a couple of stats from at CFC blogs. Um, most passes completed, sixty eight. Most long passes completed, thirteen. Hundred percent drills, one five. Hundred percent tackles completed, four recoveries, three clearances. Um, yeah, I think that that kind of sums it up. You know, I did think she offered so much more passing centrally. And we've we've spoken before about how much this back three, maybe we lose of Magda um, by having her shunted out to the left. But today it really felt like, okay, we've got someone else in there to do that. Um, it's funny, like, I don't know whether it, with Jess Carter it's like a confidence thing because she's not a bad passer of the ball. And we've seen that she can be great from dead ball situations, but just fit, felt like now just was, like, willing to come in and be like, sure. And okay, like, she wasn't under a huge amount of pressure most of the time. We've, we didn't really get to see her defensively tested. That would be the big question mark. I know, noticed Hayes was giving her a lot of instructions and I know Hayes has been a bit sceptical about whether she's ready. So I don't know whether this will be enough to get her in the team more regularly. I think it should be, mainly because I feel like with Jess Carter, unfortunately, it's just one game-changing error too many. Like, I'd prefer to see now at least have a run in the team because at the moment I don't think it can be much worse. Um, so I don't know whether she's done enough, but I would certainly felt like today she was a real breath of fresh air there. Yeah, Abdullah, she seemed to be a, a you know, I put this in our in our show notes. She she seemed to be a breath of fresh air from a long diagonal passing perspective to me. I mean, she was pinging lasers across the field, especially out on the left-hand side uh, to John Anderson or to any one of our forwards. So want to get your thoughts on her before we begin to wrap. Yeah, no, I agree. I think she was, uh, I think she definitely looked like a lot more of a calmer passing presence. Um, I don't know if it's just the way that um, that Jess Carter plays and maybe it's just her play style. She looks a lot more hurried in her passing and her movements. But with now when it's a lot more relaxed, it's a lot more, almost seems like very calculated. And I think 
one of the things that I noticed that that Nowen did not even that's what she did off the on the ball, but I think just her presence there. I've seen I saw a lot more of Magda and Millie really bombing down their their channels. So they were they were actually a lot more forward than they normally would be, and I think maybe that's just because there is this maybe a trust and and no, a known quantity the fact that Nowen is the kind of she's a cover centre back. I think I think she showed that at PSV, she showed that in the Champions League last year and in the Dutch league that she's the type of player that will is willingly going to sit back and looks to cover in the spaces in behind. So I think that allowed the two centre backs to really step up and kind of Jesse to the point where you said we missed Magda's passing and everything. We've said this before. I think with now and then not just with her own passing ability. I think because she's so such a good reader of the game at the back from what we've seen and what we generally understand from her playstyle. I think it allows the two of them to step up and maybe play those passes from from a midfield defensive midfield position. And I think with Millie and I think I've. Seen Seen this in the last couple of games even in, against Wolfsburg she almost becomes like this auxiliary right winger on the inside channel like she kind of joins in with the attack on the right side and almost what Wrighton gives on the left she's giving it on the right and I think that just adds numbers and I think that's a tactical evolution that I've been noticing in the last couple of games I, I want to see if it's just a an isolated incident or whether there's something that she's going to do in the next couple of games as well but I think now one will allow for those center backs to really push up and, and help there so that's my two cents Final note on Millie, who is is my favorite player on this team. No one hits a ball harder than she does. <laughs> I mean, it's insane. She, I mean, she came very close uh, to an absolute screamer earlier in in the match. Uh, love it. Um, all right, so look, we're gonna move on to standout performers uh, in our in our poll on Twitter. Um, Jesse Fleming comes up just short of Pernilla Harder, but if you score the game winner, yeah, you, you get player of the match. That is what it is. G with eleven point two percent. Anik Nawa with 5%, Jesse with 36.5%, and Pranilla with almost 48%. So fair, Jesse? Is that a fair assessment? I think we're being heavily influenced by match-winning goals on this poll. Um, but that is fair enough. And, you know, I do think it's interesting. Obviously, Pranilla Harder scored a match-tying goal in midweek, and I feel like we are kind of seeing her be that player that... Maybe she's not scoring at the rate we see Kerr or even Kirby score. I think her and Kirby scored the same this season now in the WSL. Um, but she comes up clutch when it matters. So, you know, I it's really great to see her, I feel like, taking ownership of that role. I think that's maybe something that felt like it wasn't quite right last season, that she didn't have that confidence to say well, hello, I'm Penila Harder and I'm going to win this game for you. Um, and I've got a lot of appreciation for her doing that this season. Fair play. Okay, let's, uh, I guess, does anyone stand out beyond that group or, or in, in place of that group? Abdullah, go for it. Um, I think Nalvin's got to be my my player. I think she, this, this game, she kind of did everything that we've been talking about, everything that's been missing in this team. And again, I know, I know defensively she wasn't tested, but I think there's the case for her to start against Juventus. I think we've said that that is the game where you can test out these players. And I think she's, I think she's done a good enough job to keep her place. I'll be excited to see her there, but I think overall performance, I think Anik Nowen is, uh, as, as was my player of the, you know, my player of the match. Jesse. 
Yeah, I'm going to give an honorable Lester mention just because we've got a Lester fan here too. Oh, we'll, we'll let her we'll let Hannah do her own. Come I just want to I just want to give one to Kirsty Lavelle mainly cuz I want to call out that face save. Yeah. Which was kind of crazy <laughs> oh. and looked so painful. So oh. <laughs> that was real body on the line stuff. Um but for me, yeah, I kind of said it earlier. I just feel like Jisoo Young, she wasn't on the pitch for for a huge amount of time but i genuinely don't think we necessarily score without her there because i just feel like when she started pulling those passes together she imbued everyone with like a confidence and a belief that there was something coming and i feel like that's what was missing for even that first like 20 minutes of the second half so yeah gc in for me uh quick shout again to millie i like an aggressive millie bright uh i think this is we're getting closer to what i'm used to with her uh now and and that to me is good. Uh, so Hannah, we'll, we'll let you kind of round off the, the players that you liked and the top performers. Uh, which one kind of stood out for your squad? I'm going to have to, I'm going to be a little bit of a uh, disturber for a second. Cause you said that no one strikes like Millie Bright and I'm going to challenge you with Tash Flint. No one has a right. foot or a left foot like Tash Flint. She can do it with both. So I'm going to, I'm, I'm bringing that up. I'm challenging you on that one. Harder than Millie's right. <laughs> I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. You got to see that free kick she did against Ooh. Crystal Palace last season with the left. That was a bit of a crazy one. So Millie has fire that comes off of her, though. All right. All right. We, need, we need to keep track of this. The Tash Flint versus Millie Bright. <laughs> every week we need to figure we, yeah, yeah, we need to do this every week now. We need we to need figure out. <laughs> I'm going to have we'll Chelsea fans much. after me now. They're going to be like, oh, is she saying this? <laughs> No, our our fans don't like me that much, so you're good. Oh, worry, awesome! <laughs> <laughs> nah, I had to bring that up because as soon as you said no one's got a foot like that, I made a face. Even I'm sure you probably saw it because I was like, I don't know. I did see it. I gotta bring it in. I gotta mention it. I'm not letting I'm not letting Tash slide like that. But um, standout players, Jesse mentioned Kirsty Lavelle. I have to 100% give it to Kirsty Lavelle, but as well as Ashley Pumpter and Abby McManus were just walls in that back line there it was phenomenal watching them and how well they were working together defensively so those two i want to give a special shout out to as well but that face save when she fell to the ground holding her face i thought it was like oh my god i can't believe i just saved that reaction i didn't realize it went off of her face and she was holding the pain but um yeah an incredible save and i think just the fact that went off her face made it even better of a save like you can make that with your hands but your face that that's like the cherry on top for me. So, but she was phenomenal today. Abby and Ashley, as I mentioned as well already. So I'm going to give it to those guys. Chelsea wise. No, I wasn't your biggest fan today, obviously, but <laughs> like I said before, Jesse Fleming was outstanding and she also did get player for the match from the league. So props to her. She was great. I wish she kind of chilled out on us from one Canadian to another, take it a bit easy, but <laughs> she was Canadian on Canadian crime right there. That's, that's yeah, not man. I'm just glad that uh, Leon didn't show up <laughs> against us when we played against West Ham. So Jesse had to make up for that, I guess by making it a bit hard on me, but well, you're, you're not going to like this part of it that we're going to do, but we are going to read out the table. <laughs> um, and it's, it's primarily because we're looking up at, at the top here. Uh, everyone's played five matches now, so Arsenal in the lead with 15 points and a, and a plus 17 goal differential. Uh, Chelsea now in second place on 12 points with a plus 12. Tottenham uh, finally uh, not not doing a thing, which is nice. Uh, also on 12, uh, but only a plus four goal diff, so you start to see that separation happening 
there. And then Manchester United getting back into it on 10 points. That kind of makes up your, your top four, followed by Brighton, West Ham, Villa, Everton. And then in the in the bottom four, a, f- a familiar face with uh, Man City down there in ninth, which is great. Uh, they've officially shit all of our predictions uh, that we had at the beginning. Um, so tremendous stuff. Uh, usually I have to wait a little longer for your predictions to be wrong on this show, but that's fair. Uh, followed by Reading, Birmingham City, and Leicester City down at the very bottom. But, uh, I mean, Hannah, give us your give us your kind of take through the end of the year. I mean, it seems like you guys are playing better than, obviously, the record shows here. You think you're getting back into this with, you know, clashes against Villa and Neverton and Birmingham and that kind of group? Yeah, I think it's just been a bit of an unfortunate start to the season for us, obviously being in a new league. And this is our first time ever being in the WSL as well. So I went into it with super high standards and I shouldn't have, but that's because we won the championship with having only two losses in the league all season. So of course I was going into this and again, oh, it's going to be a walk in the park. It's just the WSL. Like it's no big deal. We faced Man City last season in the FA Cup and they only beat us 2-1. And I guess you can probably assume that I've been shook to my core and I've had some reality kind of put in place for me. But um, yeah, it's definitely been a bit of a rough start. I think we started off against Aston Villa really strong and we should have won that game, but their two goals were just really unlucky from us. So it's been weird watching because that game, we were so good. And then we went into, I believe it was West Ham or may have been United right after. And things kind of started slipping a bit. And then West Ham, things continued slipping. And then we had City that obviously did not work out. (laughs) And then (laughs) to come in against Spurs, and then we're seeing an improvement. We're seeing a step up. And the fact that we've seen the step up against you guys now too, I think we're only going up from here. We're only going to be improving. Of course, we do have some really tough opposition. I believe our next games are... Everton, Brighton, Man City, Arsenal, United. So it's not going to be an easy run for us. But um, I definitely think we can get some points out of some of those sides, mostly Everton. (laughs) But like I said before, I was not expecting what happened against you guys today to happen. And I think that just shows that we're going to keep on improving. Yes, you mentioned we're bottom of the table with no points, but we're only four points behind City. So that to me is See? great. So silver lining, go beat them exactly. uh, for us just to rub the salt in the prediction wound. Uh, why don't you? Um, <laughs> look, best of luck, Hannah, the rest of the season. Obviously, we'll catch up with you after the the return fixture. Um, I think later, maybe like midwinter-ish. I don't remember the schedule exactly, but we'll get you back on. Thanks for joining. Thanks so much for having me. It was super fun chatting with you guys. Cheers. All right. So we are back with the second half of, of our of our Chelsea women's review. Uh, obviously, we talked Leicester in the first half, uh, but we, we are going to talk about the uh, Women's Champions League uh, match against Wolfsburg in the midweek. This was a 3-3 thriller with a late goal from from El Harder to, to kind of save the point for, for Chelsea. However, uh, this as exciting as it was and as, you know, kind of Champions League as it felt, Jesse, this was not uh, our best performance of the season, you might say. Yeah, it was pretty awful, to be honest. Um, 
after about 15 minutes, I said to my friends, like, if Chelsea don't walk away with the win, they're going to have, like, really mucked this up. And lo and behold, I think just after that, this long looping ball over the top comes and Magda Eriksson and AKB do a strange dance together and just let Vasmuth score it. Um, Yeah, really disappointing to concede three goals from three individual errors from three different players, really. Um, And it's just frustrating because I feel like I was watching reruns of last season's Champions League games. You know, last season was weird because I'd go to King's Meadow and there'd be no one else there. And then Chelsea would have a bit of a breakdown under the pressure. And I thought this season, okay, well, you know, we... We managed to push through a lot of stuff last year. You know, we got the win over Wolfsburg. We got to the final. I kind of thought we'd have moved on from some of the the ghosts of Champions League, but it it felt like we were in exactly the same kind of panic mode that that we were in every knockout game last year. Yeah, I guess maybe talk about the the Women's Champions League briefly, Abdullah, because this is a different style of tournament. This is the first time they have group stage games, right? So, you know, there, there are more teams involved this time. And... Uh, you know, it's a higher level of play. Chelsea are going to play uh, different styles of teams and, and better teams than maybe some of the, the mid to, to lower table uh, FAWSL teams. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, you just look at it now, right? They've played Wolfsburg last Wednesday and now they're going to be playing and then they played the Leicester game on, on Sunday and now they're going to be playing Juventus on Wednesday again. I mean, last season you wouldn't have this sort of, you know, in three games, two quality opposition and then the Leicester game being a hard for, you know, difficult win, uh, win as well. So um, I think it's new territory for all these teams as well. So I'll, I'll put that out there. But um, it's a whole different ball game. I mean, the group stages, yes, you can... Uh, a quote-unquote afford to have a draw against the top side because you will have the chance to come back and make it up in the in, in the opposite uh, you know the opposite game the home and away legs, um, but it's tough and I think you know if you're gonna make mistakes and you're going to have all these you know issues and demons and whatnot that have them in the group stages you know now rather than uh, rather than later and i think i think you know we, we we were all talking about earlier juventus becomes a massive game now juventus the top of the table if juventus takes points off uh, chelsea now then it's pressure on the servette doubleheader after this because then you have to win those games and hope that either um Wolfsburg then takes points off Juventus. And then the thing is, then it's not in your hands, right? You need to beat Juventus. And now, well, a game that shouldn't have had too much pressure riding on it, I think has now more pressure riding on it. And I think it goes back to our discussion last week of, can this team handle the pressure? They're showing it so far again. Leicester, they managed to, to get the win in the end. Juventus, they managed, sorry, uh, Wolfsburg, they managed to get the draw in the la- very last minute. But you can't keep getting away with this. And you, you're, when your defenders are putting undue pressure on your forward line, it's going to get to a point where they're not going to be able to bail you out. Someone is going to have the luck and you're not going to be able to, to score. So I think for me, that's that's where it becomes uh, super important. Well, let's touch on the defense again, Jesse, because this was, uh, by all accounts, our, our worst defensive performance of the season. Uh, calamity of errors might be a way to describe it. And, can you maybe walk through the kind of individual mistakes that you were seeing um, across the across the back three? Yeah, so I think what was really frustrating is, you know, we've seen Chelsea struggle defensively against Wolfsburg, Bayern, Barcelona, respectively. But I felt like in those games, they were pushed into struggling defensively by those teams. What was really frustrating about this was that it was just no 
need to concede these goals. And and even more than that, I didn't really feel like Wolfsburg created anything. They didn't need to create anything. Um, so the first one, yeah, long ball over the top that kind of Magda, for some reason, doesn't put out. AKBs kind of come out to try and take control. I don't know why Magda just didn't deal with it herself. Um, and then uh, Tabia Vasmuth comes in and kind of slots home into an empty net. Second one, AKB playing out for the back, tries to play it to Meli Loipoltz, who's being followed in very clearly by Lena Oberdorf, who nicks the ball off her, um, passes it to Jill Rod. Of course, it was Jill Rod, um, and who it was it was a great shot, to be fair, um, scored. And then the final one, which I could just... I felt like I was psychic, because as it was happening, I was like, I know what's going to happen here. Um, Jess Carter's like running to get a ball. You're thinking, just put it out of play. Just put it out of play. You're being pressured by a Wolfsburg player. No, Jess Carter decides to turn around and play the ball back to AKB. I was thinking, you've got to get this pass right because otherwise the Wolfsburg player is going to nick in and score. And that's what happened. Um, Really frustrating. Um, I I spoke to... um, floating football brain and all-round very clever man Carl Carpenter about this because I was like it's fascinating really because when you've got these individual errors you know like what do you do in that situation right like why why is this happening it doesn't seem like a tactics thing it doesn't seem like a system thing and he kind of said like from a systems perspective because Chelsea have moved into this new thing when players are playing in a new system they're still learning the patterns of play And what they'll do when they're put under pressure is rather than kind of engaging their own independent football brain, they'll revert to what they feel like they've learned so far in that system. And he kind of felt like that what was happening with lots of these things is the players were kind of reverting to what like they felt like they should do based on what they'd done on the training ground, as opposed to what you would logically do, e.g. just put the ball out of play, just kick it long. Um, which I thought was interesting and, and, you know, kind of something I hadn't thought about, about how that system is like maybe mentally impacting our players more than it can seem to like kind of produce these errors. But just super frustrating to watch. Well, and I think equally frustrating to watch uh, was the offensive output. Yes, Chelsea scored three goals, Abdullah. But I mean, you you mentioned this in, in the beginning of the episode that they had a chance to go four or five up you know, with their chances early on. And, and I mean, what happened? <laughs> it just didn't finish. I, I honestly, I don't know. I mean, these, these are, you know, these are, these are opportunities where you'd think the likes of Sam Kerr and, 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 you know, Frank Kirby, Beth England and, and Penny Lajada would put away, but for some reason they didn't put them away. And, um, you know, I think we've seen this, especially with Sam Kerr, where she will get maybe, six seven eight chances in a game and she'll definitely score like more often than not you can bet on her scoring but it's that rate it's it's that consistency right like you get 10 chances you know she's going to score two but realistically she should have scored five you know because the quality of chance that she got from the 10 warranted at least five goals and i think i think i mean i haven't checked this but i'm, I'm i'd usually think that her xg would be much higher than what she actually outputs because of the quality of chances that she she's able to to get in front of um I think that's where the, the 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 problem was, and then obviously um, they just weren't able to do it. You know, you had Beth England who who was who was in that game. She obviously scored later on in the second half. Uh, you know, to, to to bring it back, but um, it's 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 almost like, you know, in some sense, 
it's, it's like this team needs a jolt. Someone needs to score or the time needs to get to like 15, 20 minutes to go. And then they suddenly realize, oh, crap, we need to, you know, we need to do something. Or we're going to draw or lose this game. And um, and I think and I think I think it's just I think it's just pressure both in terms of the, on them and them putting it on opposition defenses that breaks through and, and wins it eventually. And I think these two games, Leicester and Wolfsburg, are the epitome of, of, of that of that notion. So, um, you know, we've seen it. And then, you know, Emma, Emma with her with her stats after the game kind of kind of coincided with the fact of how dominant they were in the in the final third. Yeah, I'll, I'll read that really quick because uh, one might have thought that Emma Hayes would come out um, firing uh, because of the, the poor performance, but she actually... Uh, said something a little bit different, which is we were dynamite. We had 10 corners to their zero, 33 entries to the penalty box to their 17, 62% possession. We were dominant in all attacking stats. Every time we played Wolfsburg, I don't think we've dominated those areas as much, which then leads you back to the real question is, you know, if, if this wasn't the same type of performance that, you know, I mean, Wolfsburg gave Chelsea a lot of trouble last year in the, in the Champions League. This was a better overall performance, and we still have silly mistakes or can't finish, you know, does it even matter? Right? Like, I mean, clearly if we're playing better, that does, but results in, in the champions league are, are tough, uh, Jesse. So I guess maybe give us a synopsis of, of where you think this goes now. Yeah. I mean, I think I will say, I don't think we would, we should have been four or five up. I think, you know, Sam Kerr missed one good opportunity. She was offside for another one she missed, and then she scored an absolutely outrageous goal. And she does tend to underperform her XG rather than overperform. So I think broadly, like, that is all fine. And I did think, like, lots of the attacking play was good. It's just the problem was when those defensive errors happened, we got rattled, and it was really hard for for us to get back into the game and kind of find that rhythm. Now, like, that's another question is like well how how do you do that when because i i agree like with lots of what emma said i did think we looked like good going forward and it was funny because it was the opposite of the game against wolfsburg last year where they were amazing going forward and then they made silly mistakes and that's how we won um so i don't know i hope that it's a bit of a wake-up call for Mm. for some players i think for me the jess carter experiment has to end that was like the biggest thing. I I kind of like left feeling like I really don't want to see her play in an important game for Chelsea again. It's just it's just too much. And you know, Hayes has said before. Hayes said earlier this season in a press conference that the thing that Jess Carter needed to change from her game was making game changing errors. But it, it happens again and again. I think she said this after the Arsenal game. So you know, all I hope moving forward is that yeah, kind of those those learnings are taken away. From from it and I think we kind of even saw that today with the changes for this Leicester game I didn't really feel like we needed to make that many changes I think it was an opportunity for players to kind of show Hayes why they should be able to take those positions and I don't think we've always seen actually as much competition in the squad as you might expect for a squad that is so big and I think that's what I'd like to take from it because I feel like these mistakes come from complacency as much as anything else yeah, I guess Abdul, I'll give you the final word on this one. Are you are you in the same boat? I mean, we we talked about Chelsea's center da- center back depth uh, before, and you know the the lack thereof. If Millie and Magda aren't playing at their absolute peak, you know, is is this an area where you know other teams are going to exploit through the end of the year? 
Yeah, I think so. I think if it's it's almost. I think we can. I think the team can cope with one of Magda and Midi being out because the, I think you need one of them in there. But I think if both are out, then I think it becomes a little bit a little bit of a problem. At least until Marin comes back and she's up to speed and in, in full fitness. Um, I think once Marin Melda comes back, she really adds a lot to this defense, and I think she's going to be a very very good option. Um, so I think that'll be good. I think that's I, also another reason I think why. Uh, Anik, no, no one needs to get up to speed a little bit, start playing in this team a little bit more, because once we get into in, in the next few weeks or months, it's it's going to be game after game after game, and we're going to need every player to be up to speed. And if Anik no one hasn't had enough match practice, you know, by playing, then it'll be a bit of a problem later when you're chucking her in if needed against a you know a quarterfinal against PSG or something like that, you know, where it's a crunch game and you know you need you need everybody on their toes. So. I think the depth is good. Uh, I think a couple of injuries here and there might be an issue, but overall, I think we're okay. And I think I think the team has the combination to have a very good back five. We can see the pieces there. We know that Mac is good, Millie's good, Gerwright's taken that left wing back. You know, maybe question marks on who starts at right wing back and central center defense. But um, you know, there are signs that it's slowly coming together and. Maybe it'll take a couple of more mistakes and a couple more games. But, uh, you know, I think overall, um, I think changes need to happen now. I agree with Jesse. I think the Jess Cards experiment that, uh, in the middle of the back three, you know, I think should be put to bed for now until there's a, maybe another injury crisis. And then we move on and try the next thing because you can't afford to lose too many games from now on. Yeah, that is, that is right. And the next opportunity that we have is on Wednesday, October 13th. Um, and kind of standard Champions League time. Uh, so tune into that. Obviously, hope, hopefully Chelsea go and get a result away at Juve. Um, you, know, it's, you know, they played home to Wolfsburg, so they still have to play away at Juve and away at Wolfsburg in the group. And then uh, we're back uh, against Servette and, and the two uh, kind of home and aways in the middle of that grouping. So whew, Covered a lot, guys. Uh, it was a big one uh, today, and Chelsea had a bit of a bit of a tough week uh, overall. So let's hope that they get back on the good foot this week. Um, thank you all for listening, and until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do: keep the blue flag flying high.